0: Welcome to She Said Homestead, the podcast that explores homesteading from a range of perspectives. We're Sage and Michaela, two homesteaders, each with unique experiences, properties, and future goals for our homesteads. We're discussing various homesteading topics, sharing our personal experiences as women working full-time who are managing homesteads as well, and shining a light on the stories of other inspiring homesteaders. Before we dive in, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving a review. It
1: really helps us grow and share these homesteading stories with even more people.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Sage. I'm from Terranova Acres. And I'm
1: Michaela from Calico Cow Acres. And we both have homesteads in Western North Carolina.
0: And today, we're going to be talking all about Michaela. I get to interview her for like an hour, and we all get to know her a little bit better. Should be fun. She's nervous. (laughs) A little bit. Well, before we get into that, I want to know how your week was.
1: You know, I wish I could say that I've had a wonderful week, but it's been a pretty stressful one. (laughs) Uh, I know we kind of went over this a little bit before we actually started recording, but... um, I have had one heck of a week. My husband is on a work trip, I almost said work vacation, <laughs> a work trip and he's gone. So I'm here by myself. I somehow managed to hurt my back slash neck. So like I can barely move. We're getting a little bit better though. Our One of our ducks had a thorn in her foot. So she's been in the duck hospital in our basement. I'm pretty sure I jinxed us because on Instagram, for New Year's, I like mentioned that our basement has to act as a duck hospital and like saying, hopefully in 2024, that doesn't need to happen. It happened immediately. (laughs) Yeah, it's just been like, I feel like I've not accomplished anything this week, but it's been really busy, if that makes any sense. (laughs) I still have yeah
0: those weeks that you just feel like you try to get stuff done and you can't cross anything off the list. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think in last week's episode I mentioned that I had a bunch of eggs in the fridge that I need to make pasta with and I have more eggs in the fridge than I need to make pasta with now because I haven't done it yet um I think we have 10 dozen in the fridge at the moment and a whole basket full on the table too so that's still on my list I finally managed to get a YouTube video up for the first time this year so far been really slacking with that we took like two weeks off three weeks off and Now I just am having a hard time getting back into it because I feel like I need to update everybody on all the stuff we've done. And that's hard because we've only filmed some of it. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that. I've been interviewing for new jobs because I haven't had much work since like October and it's been very, very stressful around here lately because of that. So wish me luck on that. But that's pretty much all I've been doing this week. (laughs)
0: Good luck. (laughs) Did you get the supplies to water glass your eggs yet? Are you still waiting on some of that?
1: No, actually, we got our Azure order last night. So I just dumped all of the it's pickling lime into one of the gallon jars that I got. I'm going to try and do that. The whole basket that's on the table of clean eggs. I'm going to use those ones to do that but I don't even know if I have like a gallon full because they've just been so muddy lately. I've had to wash them. That's why actually I just changed into a hoodie or a sweatshirt right before this because I was dumping the cow lime or the lime into the gallon jar and it poofed all over me. (laughs) Oh no. It's literally all over the wall in there too. I haven't cleaned it up yet. Oh no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: gosh but speaking of that I did look it up and most of the sources that I found said you could use them up, up to like 18 months being water glassed which is insane I don't think I'd wait that long I know that was a question I mean, last week too not
0: until you have to right yeah exactly yeah so <laughs> that's my week how was your week Beth? <laughs> honestly mine hasn't been great either <laughs> I started off this latest weekend. I was like, all right, I'm gonna get some stuff pressed off my list. Like I'm not gonna make any social plans. I'm just gonna get stuff done. And then Friday night I was combining my younger flock with the older flock, which means I had to chase a bunch of chickens around to catch them and move them to the pasture. And I was chasing the very last chicken and she did not want to be caught. And <laughs> it was taking longer than I thought. It was getting dark. And I stepped on a board with uh five or six nails that were protruding i don't know solid two and a half inches uh went straight through the sole of my shoe and into the bottom of my foot so i did a little uh first aid and a little light reading on tetanus and (laughs) got my tetanus shot which then made me feel um very terrible for a few days but i guess that means it worked um so i still have my foot i still have on my toes everything is the right color so this is the good news (laughs) i'm actually feeling a lot better at this point
1: that's my question (laughs) did you still have that chicken
0: (laughs) i do still have the chicken yeah (laughs) um and i probably should have my tennis booster anyway so maybe it was just life making me do what i needed to do um And then I tried to get some maintenance done on my car, and that was just a giant circle of unproductiveness. So, But I did also start my first seeds of the year, so that was fun. That was something that I didn't have to move to do so I could sit stationary and nurse my foot (laughs) and do that.
1: That's always a fun activity. I was going to start new seeds this week, and then the basement flooded because of all the rain we got. The past week, so it's still soggy down there. We'll wait a little bit.
0: <laughs> did you have any wind damage from that storm because I did. We have
1: all sorts of branches down everywhere, and our property is very, very, very soggy today, as well as our chickens. They are very soggy. <laughs> um we didn't have any actual trees fall or anything, but down the road, right down the road from us, a massive like I'm not joking like probably. 18 inch diameter tree fell like a pine tree fell in the road. Um somebody moved it out of the way before we had to leave to go get our Azure order last night, but I was nervous for Taylor driving home from work cuz he's got like a 45 minute drive to to work and back. But thankfully yeah. it stopped before then. So
0: not nothing too bad. With that storm, it actually <laughs> demolished my temporary shelter that I had the mobile shelter that I have for the sheep so I have to completely re-engineer that because it it tore the top off of the base so oh my um, gosh that <laughs> needs to be redone and it tore the other door off of the shed that I have for eggs in my front yard so that shed is now completely doorless and it ripped the roof off a little bit the hay tie that I installed is still still holding it but it it was so forceful that it then ripped the the roof off a little bit on the corner um so i get to reinforce all that i think that maybe that
1: storm was a little bit more intense with like the wind further slightly further north of us because we got a lot of wind for a very short period and my ducks were still outside and i had to run out there while things were whipping around and like get them back into their shelter did you get snow just rain
0: uh there was a little bit of snow this morning but most i mean that that actual storm was just rain we got like five inches i had a bucket sitting in the pasture and it was half full the (laughs) the night before the storm rolled in and then i walked out there the next morning and i was like this is three quarters full like this is a lot of water it's insane i
1: got an alert because like a portion of our county where we are Um, it was like a flash flood warning and actually like one of our bridges, like uh, one of our highway bridges, the water broke one of the columns that holds it up. So like that bridge is closed for construction now. Um, that's how intense everything was here by noon. I I looked at noon and it said our area of the County had already gotten anywhere from three to six inches and we were supposed to get another three before 4 PM. So we got anywhere from like six to nine inches of rain yesterday. And it was rushing. We had waterfalls on our property, like down our I hill. I
0: did see your Instagram. I saw the stories that you put up of what your property looked like. That was pretty crazy. Yeah.
1: I was kind of scared to walk in it. That's like how fast it was.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's wild. Okay. I will say, because sometimes when, when big storms like that come in, I like to walk my property and look at where things are draining, you know, if anything's eroding, like what just what's going where, what does it look like, how the system's working, whatever. Because part of, you know, what I'm doing here (laughs) is trying to make sure that soil isn't eroding, things are staying in place, and that anything that leaves my property isn't causing water quality issues uh, Mm -hmm. for anybody downstream, right? Yeah. And so I was able to look at what is normally a very calm creek right next to the road on the edge of my property. It was not a calm creek that morning. It was rushing, but it's you know it's it's orange. It's full of sediment, and I I don't live that far from the top of the mountain. Like there's not a lot of land that that's draining from. Yeah. Um. And I know that my neighbors, some of their property will get washed out sometimes in storms like that because it's not stabilized. But I was looking at what was leaving my property, and I was like. That is crystal clear. There is no sediment in that. I am I am keeping all of these nutrients and things in place. I'm keeping all of the soil in place. And especially as an environmental scientist, I was I was a little (laughs) proud of that. One of the first things that I did um was stormwater inspections in the field. So I was like, I know this. This is my gig. This looks this looks so good.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it's supposed to rain Friday, so you wanna come over and inspect my property.
0: We can bring we a guys, canoe. you <laughs> need to get some chickens on that grass and then you can compare and then you can be like, yeah, this is, this is doing what it should do.
1: Honestly, we get like, it's, it's bermed. It was regraded to hold the water like that. We talked about that last week because we got a big storm. This one was a lot worse um, that we got yesterday. And the water that was going into the woods, draining from our property was fairly clear, but it drains from everywhere around us onto our property because we're like the low point. So we get like water rushing down from the road and all of the properties around us. So it's like you have like six streams like converging and then like rushing right where we were going to put our goat barn. So we're not doing that anymore. But I do also try to like go out there and like just know I'm going to get soaked and walk around the property whenever it rains like this because I do like to be able to see where it's, the worst because none no parts of our property are like good when it rains <laughs> it's all yeah. just like a hot mess of water um but we have some plans in place for diverting water and like trying to trap it and keep it in place instead of just rushing into the woods because it's like insane how much water was on our property yesterday you can tell that it's been a problem for a long time because they've dumped they, at some point the previous owners, I don't know when, who did it. There was like a lot of previous owners of this house at some point in the woods, like 200 feet back in the woods, they poured concrete along the bank because it was eroding to like, try to stop it from eroding because the water rushes down there so fast. So yeah. It makes my heart sad. I know. It's ridiculous. And there's, like, really big, like, drain pipes back there. Like, clay pipes that are, like, huge. You can tell that they were trying to figure something out, but I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> they were also <laughs> dumping trash, so I don't know that I give them much credit. <laughs>
0: Oof. Well, I'm sure you guys will figure it out one way or another. Yeah. It'll take some time, but we'll figure it out. All right. Well... I feel like I'm going to learn some new things about you today, so I'm interested to delve into this interview process, but before we get too far into it, tell me, who are you? Who am I? That's the hardest question you could ask. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I'll remind you you said that later.
1: <laughs> uh, Okay, so, I mean, I already introduced myself, but I'm Michaela you know that. (laughs) So I guess I'm not really working right now, but as far as my job or what I do goes, I am an architectural designer. Um, We've talked before about how I can't legally call myself an architect, but I do everything that an architect would do. If that helps explain that to you (laughs) any more than just saying architectural designer. Um, And then I have a homestead and I love gardening and I love cats. That's pretty much my entire personality, those things right there.
0: (laughs) Michaela summarized. (laughs) Homesteading cats. Kind of an architect. All right. Well I have a few rapid fire questions for you. It may they get they get a little bit harder (laughs) as we keep going and uh you can you can get back at me when you interview me later if you want to (laughs) all right okay so what is your favorite color
1: green but my architect answer is I appreciate all colors in different circumstances
0: okay well be Michaela not an architect right now
1: no, that's my Michaela as an architect or Michaela as a designer. I appreciate, I don't have any colors I dislike. I appreciate all colors in certain circumstances.
0: <laughs> it sounds like way too long of an answer for some rapid fire questions.
1: But green, green is my favorite color because it's like okay. neutral, but not.
0: Got it's, it. It's fake neutral. <laughs> introvert or extrovert? Definitely an introvert no no expounded answer i like with colors i don't like talking to people okay what's your go-to dinner recipe right now right now
1: can i say (laughs) no
0: yeah (laughs) whatever you want uh
1: any kind of soup really that soup is always my go-to i love soup
0: do you actually listen to our podcast after we post it? No.
1: <laughs> I listen to it before we post it.
0: That's fair. If, if I'm editing it, I've listened to it like four or five times by the time it gets posted and then I get sick of it. But I, I do go back. I think I will listen to them
1: like a month out. I don't want to re-listen to it after I've just listened to it, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm judging you a little bit, but that's <laughs> fine okay what's a current guilty pleasure of yours okay this is
1: something i don't really have guilty ple- i don't have guilty pleasures i i have okay. pleasures that i don't have guilt for <laughs> <laughs> this is hard because i like i don't feel bad about doing things or eating okay, things
0: what's your shameless pleasure
1: it's a hard one i don't know
0: nothing comes to mind not really i don't really do a lot <laughs> What's a little thing that you do throughout your day that gives you dopamine?
1: Drink a lot of coffee.
0: Just word it a different way. Just word it in an ADHD-friendly way.
1: <laughs> I have a lot of candy. M&M shots.
0: M&M shots, official answer. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll stick with that. What's your favorite thing about yourself? <laughs> I'm pretty funny. All right, I like it. If you could change one thing about your homestead. What would it be?
1: I think it would be the water issues. Honestly, that's like our biggest hurdle is the water issues. Maybe there the trash, go. but I think I would choose the water over the trash at this point. Which is saying something.
0: That is saying something. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the trash pit. It's big. Yeah. 2 acres. Oh god. That's like more than my entire pasture. (laughs) All right. What's a life lesson that you're learning right now? All of them.
1: (laughs) Uh, I feel like everybody needs the context of the conversation we had prior to recording. That I hate the concept of money. We'll stick with that.
0: Like do you hate the concept one. of money or do you hate the concept of capitalism? Both. I'll mm-hmm. go with both. And what's just a random thing that you want people to know about you?
1: <laughs> a random thing that I want people to know about me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a random thing about me. Hmm. I can say the ABCs backwards very fast. <laughs> that's a fun fact that's impressive. about
0: me. I definitely <laughs> do me cannot. To,
1: do you want me to do it? <laughs>
0: yeah let's have a show and tell why not
1: z-y-x-w-v-u-t-s-r-q-p-o-n-m-l-k-j-i-h-g-f-e-d-c-b-a
0: you could have messed up and i it would have gone straight over my head but that was impressive (laughs) i feel like i know you a little bit better after that rapid fire i appreciated those okay where are you located where do you live
1: we are between Asheville and charlotte North Carolina. So we're kind of like in the in-between zone. Western North Carolina in general, I suppose. But usually when people ask, I just say Asheville area because it's kind of hard to explain.
0: Yeah, And then I'm not, that's fair. I'm not
1: triangulating myself.
0: Your homestead is named Calico Cow Acres. Is there a story behind that?
1: There is. And most people don't get it, usually. <laughs> so I've had a lot of people ask me this. And They always say like, I get the calico because like cats, but like, where does the cow come from? It also comes from the cats. (laughs) So we don't really ever plan to have cows. I've been kind of thinking about it more recently because Taylor keeps sending me cute videos of cows on Instagram. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I can get a cow. But so we had two calicos. We have two calicos. One of them sitting right here. I'll show you her. This is Buggy, Ariel. She has a lot of names. But we have two Calicos, and then we have a big black and white print little raccoon boy. He is very large, and he's our cow. His name is Moo. So that's where the name comes from. We kind of just thought it would be like a good namesake, and it would pay homage to our like three initial kitties as well like, as a family. Like, they're our family. They, we got two of them together. I had Ariel when we started dating, but um, yeah, it's mostly just to, like, a tribute to them.
0: Tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you came to homesteading.
1: Okay, so we have a bit of a ridiculous story, and it's kind of hard to sum up, so I'm gonna try and stick to the basics. But I feel like there are a lot of different reasons and paths in my life that have led us to homesteading. And it's just like the accumulation, the culmination of all of this stuff. So I'll touch on a few of them. But um, I grew up kind of in the middle of nowhere. Basically in the woods, like I grew up spending all of my time playing in the woods, building forts and cabins and things in the woods with my little brother. And I was pretty much feral. (laughs) Like no shoes, kind of like free range children type of deal. (laughs) And everywhere around us was farms. So we didn't actually have a farm, but we were surrounded by farm fields. And we would literally just like run free all summer long through the fields. We didn't really even grow up having gardens that much. I think maybe a year or two of my childhood we had gardens, and that was mostly like we'd start the process of starting seeds in little plastic cups with my dad. Like I remember we had one of those big uh sleds that was like a wood hauling sled, and we always filled that up with cups and we'd plant like green beans and tomatoes and all that random like basic garden stuff. But I don't ever remember picking things from the garden. I'm pretty sure we just started it, planted them and then like let it be. Like I don't we never weeded. Um we did spray like the blue miracle grow on it. I remember that. <laughs> you know, the good stuff. <laughs> it looked like Fun Dip. That's I always remember like I want to eat this because it
0: looks like candy. <laughs> It's like the original. I brought some lush plants, though.
1: We did. um, Yeah, the only thing I ever remember picking was green beans, and like that was like I would get home from school off the bus, and I'd go to the garden and just eat green beans in the garden. But otherwise, I don't even know if anything grew. So I know I can grow green beans with Miracle Grow. And then I've always kind of really loved cooking. My Parents, neither of them really enjoyed cooking. They never really cooked a lot. Crockpot meals. We grew up with a lot of craft and ramen and fruit gushers and all of the good snacks (laughs) that I still have a problem with being addicted to occasionally. (laughs) Um, But I also do have a lot of texture issues. And I was a really, really, really picky eater my whole life. And I still am. So I think that I kind of started getting into cooking initially as a kid I learned like I taught myself how to make salsa and like homemade pico I didn't know that's what it was called at the time but I would make like homemade fried eggs on like English muffins those are like my go-to like chef meals (laughs) and I just got really into cooking because if I cooked then I could make it the way that I wanted to eat it and I didn't have to eat like things that I didn't like if that makes sense Then I got into college and I moved into my own apartment with friends and I got really, really into houseplants because I I moved 15 minutes from home. So it wasn't like I moved to like a big city or anything, but I was living in town for the first time in my entire life. And so I missed having like the woods around me and anything green and just being able to like go wander in the woods. And I couldn't go home to that because... The week I graduated high school, we sold our house and property that we had lived at for like the last 10 years. So we had 12 acres there or something, I think. And so I never, I didn't have anywhere that I could go be just like in nature anymore. So I got really, really addicted to houseplants. Like um, about as addicted as you are to houseplants, Sage. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Is monster seen your room. behind me. <laughs> me you can't really see. There we go.
1: Yeah. I had like 30 of those at one point. Like no joke. I propagated them like crazy. My entire house was filled with houseplants. I, they've all since I only have a few now because they didn't really survive our moves. But I I just really like was craving nature and I didn't have and an outlet for that, other than getting houseplants and just surrounding myself with them. So I lived in a jungle. Um, and then also while I was in college, I learned a lot about sustainability and landscape design, community sufficiency. And that kind of really started to get me like interested in the world of homesteading without knowing what the world of homesteading was, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I was going to grad school in Charlotte and my boyfriend at the time, who's not my husband, was kind of in the middle of interviewing for jobs when COVID happened. Like he moved across the country. He left his job and was looking for jobs in Charlotte. And we didn't really have any money <laughs> at all. And the job that he actually has now, he, in, he was interviewing for that back in 2020, literally the week before COVID shut everything down and they canceled the position for the time being and he was going like they told him he was going to get it but then they had to cancel it so we ended up having to move back to michigan uh because we just we didn't have any money i finished school online and we were just like hey can we come live with you to one of our friends and we lived in his his room like his spare bedroom for a year and a half i think and i just was like finishing school online. I got super depressed and I was just in a really, really bad mental health state overall. And I didn't have anything to look forward to. I didn't get to really bring a lot of my houseplants. They were all kind of like the ones that I did bring were like tucked in his basement, like laundry room, basically. So they weren't getting any light. Um, And I just needed something that I could look forward to. So I started I started watching homestead YouTube. We've talked about that before, but he had this little landscape bed and it was really, really neglected because his ex-girlfriend had started a little garden there and then they broke up and she moved out and he's not a gardener. He's just like, I don't care what you do with it. If you want to grow something, there, fine. So I like, I got really into looking up seeds and like what varieties I wanted to grow. And this this landscape bed's like a little triangle, um, 10 by 10, 11 by 11, something like that. And so there's not a lot of space there, but I got really into it and I was researching all of the seeds that I wanted to grow in there. And while I was doing homework and researching those, I was watching these YouTube videos of gardening. And that's when I found, first I found, uh, sunshine farm and i started watching her videos and the reason that i found her first is because i was looking at like vegetarian gardening and homesteading because i was vegetarian at the time and then i found roots and refuge <laughs> and it was just like down a rabbit hole after that so they were just like really inspiring to me and i got super into it because i just can't i can't mildly get into a hobby <laughs> I have to dive in. So it all snowballed from there. I kind of have to go all in. I, If I don't, I'll lose interest in something. And gardening's actually been like the only thing that, the only hobby I've ever had that's lasted for a long period of time that I've consistently kept up with. And basically, I guess long story short, basically we bought a home in Detroit. We ended up selling it six months later we moved into our camper and we traveled to live in Charleston, South Carolina for a few months, six months, something like that, Um, because Taylor had gotten a job down there. And then, like I said, the job that he was trying to get in 2020 came back open like a month or two into his new job. And he interviewed for it and got the job this time. So we moved to North Carolina And then we bought this property and it was abandoned for over a year, covered in trash, leaking, needed a new roof, needed new walls, ceilings, everything. And here we are.
0: (laughs) So, how long have you been at your current property and how long have you been into homesteading itself?
1: As of right now, it's January of 2024 and we've been at our property since October of 2022. So, just over a year, like a year and three months ish. Roughly. I honestly have considered myself a homesteader literally since the moment I decided I was going to start gardening and learn how to can at Adam's house when we lived with him. I was like, I'm doing this. This is my new identity. (laughs) I'm a homesteader. And I feel like that's really different than a lot of people because I feel like most people are like, I don't think I can call myself a homesteader yet. I feel like I'm not to a point where I can say I'm a homesteader, but I'm like, that's me. I'm a (laughs) homesteader.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people, myself included, you know, we have trouble feeling like we've earned the title. Not that that should even be a thing, but we talked about that in our "What Is Homesteading" episode. So if you haven't watched that, go check it out.
1: I feel like it's a fake it till you make it situation for me. I'm like, yep, I'm doing it. I'm isn't a homesteader.
0: Life isn't that all things. That's it's fair. all things for me. <laughs>
1: Literally, like. <laughs> I think we mentioned this in the what is a homesteader or what is homesteading episode too about collecting the eggs. I was like, okay, I'm a homesteader officially.
0: (laughs) What animals are you currently raising and what animals do you hope to have in the near or not near future? So back in June, we
1: got our first chicks and ducklings and we have. 16 chickens now and five ducks we initially had six but one of them passed away the first week we got them and they actually just started laying like a month ago so we're getting a lot of eggs like i mentioned we have so many in our fridge right now um and in the future the plan which is very very bound to change i'm sure the next animals we hope to get are goats we Really both love goats. I don't know that Taylor's been around them a ton, but I grew up, my cousins had them when I was a kid and I grew up around them and I really love goats. <laughs> I know most people find them annoying, but I think they're really cute. So we want to utilize them to clear all the kudzu that's on our property because we have so much kudzu. Um, so they're going to be like, they're going to have a function. We also want to use them for milk, which we've talked about before. I don't think we'll have a ton. I think the max we'd have is like five or six. That's like maximum. Yeah, I think goats are definitely the next thing that are on our list. Everybody seems to want us to get pigs for the kudzu, but I (laughs) here's the thing. If we were borrowing them and just like taking care of them for someone, I would be down to do it. Like if the neighbors said, hey, you want to borrow these pigs to clear your land? I'd be like, yes, please, do you have a net for me or a a fence that I can move around? (laughs) Because I don't I don't have the money to buy one of those right now. Um, I just we're not they're not like an animal that we want. And we probably won't butcher things on our property. But that's a whole nother whole nother (laughs) question. (laughs) So we might get them. But if we do, they're going to be probably like a. A pig share type of thing, if I can figure out how to make that work, and then way down the line we we've talked about potentially getting alpacas for fiber, and that's like a like a top tier that's peak homestead for us. I don't know that we'll ever get cows or anything like that, but we definitely definitely are thinking about alpacas and sage you've also convince me that I want sheep so
0: <laughs> maybe that will be a thing at some point <laughs> I, I mean I remember researching sheep and being like oh no this is this something I want to take on because you hear so many issues about the, the parasites and how they just don't survive well and, and people are a little bit afraid of them but I've had nothing but great experiences with the sheep that I've had and I think anybody who doesn't who wants milk but doesn't necessarily want a cow I think you should get sheep to it <laughs>
1: They're just so cute and so fluffy.
0: They are very cute and very personable, especially when you have um when they're bottle babies. When you've fed them milk from a bottle, they get so friendly with people. Yeah. What is your current homestead garden setup and what is your overall approach when it comes to gardening?
1: I believe that our garden area, based on my Rough measurements from like Google Maps is about a third of an acre ish. We're using probably one quarter to a half of that if I had to guess so it's it's a decent size. We have i think twenty two ish i could be wrong twenty two ish garden beds and some like larger plot areas, but this first year. I had to get it set up from complete scratch and we have solid clay here. The area that the garden is in used to be some paddock of some sort. I don't know what they had in there. I don't know if it was horses or cows or goats or what. I They had something in there, but it's like very compacted and it's just straight up clay. The grass when we got here was taller than me. And so we mowed it and it grows back like crazy. We have a lot of Bermuda grass in there. Um, but yeah, so trying to get that started from scratch this year, I was like, I have to till this. And I really don't want to do that in the future. It's not something that I ever really wanted to do in the first place. But I was like, if I'm going to grow what I want to grow this year, I have to do that. Because there's no way that I can like get all these set up and afford the input that I need for no-till this year. (laughs) Um, We got 10 yards of compost and I did make, I think I made four, four foot by 12 foot no-till beds. And those are significantly better off this time around, like this time of year. The quality of that soil is so much better than the tilled ones. And I do have them all covered up for the most part, the ones that I've gotten to. (laughs) And I'm like slowly converting them to no-till. Some of them would be no-dig, no, no dig hopefully. But I'm trying to figure out what my approach to it's going to be because it is such a big space. And I think this year is going to be a little bit easier because Taylor can actually help me with the garden since our coop is built. And I he, he planted gar- garlic with me last week. And he's like, this is fun. Like, why didn't I do this last year? I was like, you were building a chicken coop.
0: <laughs> you were busy with other things, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think it'll be a little bit more manageable now that he can help me, but the goal is to switch all of our beds to no-till. I think we will be trying to add maybe one to two more beds if we have time, and eventually I just want to keep like adding more organic material to them. We don't have a wood chipper right now, and that's been a huge downfall because we had one and it broke and we were gonna do all of the pathways mulched and it's like a mulch dead zone here for uh chip drop and stuff i've had like a marketplace add up for like free place to drop mulch nobody somebody asked if they wanted if i wanted rubber tire mulch the other day and i was like i literally say i want mulch for my organic garden in this listing do you think i want tire mulch (laughs) but thanks for the offer. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So overall the goal is like permaculture, no-till style, but probably modified a little bit. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. I don't know that it has a name.
0: (laughs) It is what it is. It's Michaela's garden. (laughs) Exactly. As far as the garden goes, what's your favorite thing to grow? Such a tough question
1: i I have such a hard time with this because I like growing everything i don't I don't feel like I have a favorite thing um honestly, it's more of like the action of getting things planted and starting seeds and stuff that I like more than even harvesting the stuff so, so like I just like growing seedlings. I don't know if that's a good answer or not um, new plants, yeah, yeah. I I kind of get annoyed with things after I've gotten them in the ground. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to take care of this now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get that. But probably,
1: I guess, like, reward-wise, I would probably say garlic because I just really, really love garlic. And I think I grew, like, $400 worth of garlic this year, so... If I were to buy organic garlic, and you can't even buy like the quality that I grew, so I'm. We grew like thirty five pounds of it or something, thirty three pounds of it. Yeah, kind of insane. That's
0: pretty cool. Yeah, I
1: would I would say garlic. That's probably my favorite.
0: And when it comes to the homesteading lifestyle, what's your favorite aspect of that? <laughs> so you know how I said that
1: I can't really stick to a hobby. <laughs> yes. But gardening has stuck. And I think that the reason for that is because under the umbrella of gardening or homesteading, there are like a bajillion different things you can do. And it's like a million hobbies in one. So I'm constantly being able to do something new or different and like changing it. And obviously, like over the years, that's going to change where it's not going to be all new anymore. Right now, it's all still pretty new. I just really like how it's constantly evolving. Like it's constantly changing. I get to learn new things constantly. So I don't feel like it's one hobby. I feel like I'm doing a million things and I kind of am. <laughs> like it's busy. But I think that's my favorite thing that it's never just boring. Like there's always something to do. There's always something to learn. Um and it's probably going to be like that forever if I keep doing it.
0: <laughs> so true. Yeah. There's there's no end to that rabbit hole and I think for neurodivergent people that's very satisfying (laughs) on the flip side of that what do you find to be the most challenging aspect of the homestead life
1: it's the fact that multiple of them are happening at the same time and i have to like figure out how to manage that with just living a normal life as well like working and feeding myself remembering to feed my cats and just you know shower (laughs) Everything has to happen at one time, um, and that's really hard for me sometimes to, like, juggle everything. And I guess juggling switching from one thing to another as well. Like, there's not really a break sometimes, and that can be hard.
0: Do you have a picture in your head of what your perfect or ideal homestead setup looks like?
1: Like, here specifically or just in general?
0: (laughs) In general, anything you want. If you could wave a magic wand and time and money were not limiting factors. The way that
1: my brain works is always picturing that. Like I think that's why I'm good at designing things because I can always see that big picture. So when I'm here, I'm actually already seeing that on a daily basis. I don't know if that like comes across in like videos and stuff that we post on YouTube and on Instagram. It's really really hard to portray those ideas in my head, but like I see those things here now even though there's just like piles of trash over there. I'm like, "Okay, eventually though, <laughs> this is going to be like a little U-pick flower area and we're going to have a little guest cabin down here that's overlooking our trash mountain." Like it's uh it's hard to explain, like hard to describe it, but I do think that we want to stay here as long as possible if not forever. Like I don't want to move again. I've moved 13 times since I graduated high school 9 years ago. <laughs> and I just I'm sick of it. I want to stay in one place. I've not really had a place that's like home in a really long time. And I can go into detail on all of the little things that we picture for this place, but I think that like this property is eventually going to be my ideal homestead it's just a lot of work to get there (laughs) yeah so i mean a few things i guess we want to build a little goat barn slash storage area like a potting shed we want to build a big garage slash barn for taylor because he is really into cars and he works on cars he collects he collects cars. <laughs> we have a lot of cars, um, a lot of broken ones, and I would love for him to have somewhere to fix them and have a music studio that he can blast his guitar, and I don't have to hear it because <laughs> it hurts my ears. <laughs> um, and honestly, just like a greenhouse. I- I'm not really. I don't need a lot. I want like a back porch eventually. Hot tub would be cool, <laughs> but
0: after after a long day in the garden or just moving stuff around, and being able to relax in a hot tub. Oof. Yeah,
1: I know. Doesn't that sound perfect? It feels like a necessity, honestly.
0: I have been really tempted to figure out how to set up like a what do they call it a cowboy hot tub? Mm-hmm. Where it's like wood fired and it's in like a stock tank.
1: Yeah. No, we've considered that. I know I here I am saying we're like low maintenance. I don't really need a lot, but then I'm like <laughs> a hot tubs.
0: You know, it's the creature comforts. Like you don't need a bunch of china. You just you just want some warm water. You just want some warm water to sit in yeah. at the end of the day. No. I don't I, think I that's right. I have so much
1: I have such bad anxiety in general. Like I'm just a very anxious person that like I take a lot of hot baths just to like decompress at night and having a hot tub would change my life. So I know that's probably not like a necessity, but it would be really cool. So there there are a lot of little things like that where I'm like, okay, you know, having finished walls and floors and trim would be cool someday. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> my ideal homestead is just like being able to make progress on where we're at right now. I don't have some... Grand scheme that, like, it has to be this way. I know it's going to change over time.
0: Have you ever thought about quitting homesteading or social media? And have you ever regretted your decision to start homesteading? I don't think that
1: I will ever consider, like, truly quitting, but I have been having a pity party for myself this past week. I have had just like an awful week with everything. So honestly, just I was thinking about sitting there thinking about this earlier today and I didn't realize this. I forgot this was a question (laughs) that you had on here. But I was thinking about this earlier before we started recording. I was like, oh my gosh, like what have I done? Do I, should I be doing this? Because money is just such an issue right now. And I know that's just me being like, Boohoo for me, which I'll get over it. (laughs) In a few days, I'll be fine again. So, like, I don't think I'll ever actually quit it. But this past week, I have been like, ugh, I don't don't know that I can do this. Um, And it's not even the homesteading aspect of it. It's the working while homesteading thing. That's just been a lot. And then I think the only other time where I've felt that way was um back in june early june late may when i was like considering quitting my job and that whole situation was a lot to deal with i was planting the garden trying to figure out if i was going to quit my job trying to film videos for youtube we were about to hit 1000 subscribers we had not one but two different sets of people visiting us at one time we were trying to build the coop it was just like a lot all at once so that was like the only other time where I'm like I don't know if I can do this (laughs) um social media I wish I could just quit social media (laughs) and by that I mean like I wish it didn't exist so I didn't have to be on it but I see it as a potential income stream And if I didn't, like if I wasn't interested in making it some sort of income, then I probably wouldn't be on it. Mm -hmm. But I do also really like the fact that I can post things and most of my family and friends back home in Michigan get to be connected with me still where I don't have to be like constantly keeping up individually with everyone. And that's the main reason I started our YouTube channel was so our family could kind of keep up with us where I'm like having this chaos. So I don't have to reach out and have individual conversations with like 50 people. Cause that's just too much for me. So that's, yeah, fair. I don't think I would because of that aspect too, but I w- sometimes I wish I could, <laughs> like, it's just a lot to deal with. Like I don't want to have to think about what I need to post every single day. And this past, like, several months, I've posted, like, nothing on Instagram. And it's been kind of nice. I'm like, okay, I'll just do stories. I
0: don't need to post things. (laughs) On that note, how do you balance your general life obligations with the homestead obligations?
1: The simplest answer for that is that I don't. (laughs) I know that's not a good answer um and it's not helpful to anybody but it's I, a great
0: answer if it's the honest answer that's <laughs> true
1: um it's not helpful though i don't i'm so bad at balancing things i don't sleep very much <laughs> right now I, I it's been a little bit better recently just because we took some time off posting from youtube and i haven't been working full time right now because I haven't had hours. So I have been getting a little bit more sleep, but that kind of just transitioned into working on the podcast <laughs> and working on some personal side projects that I've been doing. So it's still, I, I'm still learning. I don't know that I'll ever actually find balance until I can successfully be making an in- enough income on YouTube where I can be done like worrying about having a job outside of youtube or just in the corporate world whatsoever like i don't think that that balance is going to come until then and so i'm just like trying to ride it out honestly (laughs) i don't i don't really have a good answer for that other than i just deal with it (laughs) i drink a lot of coffee like i said
0: I mean, got to do what you got to do. What differences or unique challenges do you find that you come across as a partially vegetarian homestead?
1: Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know, I was vegetarian for five years and I recently went back to like a more traditional, like standard omniv- omnivorous, is that the word? Omnivorous diet yeah. Uh, back in January. January of 2023. So I started, it's been a year and Taylor, my husband is still vegetarian. So our homestead's a little bit different than a lot of them, I suppose, like a standard homestead that you'd find because we don't really butcher animals here. And I don't know that that's something that I would want to do on my own simply for just, like, the moral support, but also it's, like, a lot of work. And, like, our neighbors have offered where they'll order extra chickens and I can come help them on butcher day and, like, keep those ones um, and, like, obviously, like, pay for part of the feed and stuff. um. So that might be an option in the future for me, but I don't... A challenge is that, like, I don't see us being able to do that here, so any animal that we bring onto the property has to have... At least one, if not multiple other purposes than being for food, and they need to be able to either move on from us to someone else. That's why I said, like, doing a pig share where we're like literally just taking care of the pig and then like giving it to somebody else to deal with after we're done with it, like after it served its purpose, or where they're butchering it, I'm raising it, and we share the meat or something for me. Because Taylor isn't interested in helping with that. And I want to respect his feelings about that. Even chickens. I don't think that like I would be comfortable doing that here at this time on our property because I know it would just like make him sad. Like I know he'd have feelings about it and I just don't want to like make him feel bad about something like that and it happening here. Where, like, it's his home, like, it's his home too. So, we just have to kind of like navigate that cautiously and think about what animals we want to bring here a little bit more. And when we do have animals here, like, weird situations where we have too many roosters, we have to figure out what we're going to do with them because we're not going to get, we're not just going to butcher them. Because, again, I'm not doing that by myself. And yeah. So we have two extra roosters right now and our plan for them is they're going to be yard roosters, but they're going to be garden roosters pretty much. They're going to mow our pathways in the garden and clear out garden beds for us. We're building them a little tractor in the next couple weeks. It's going to be like a little A-frame tractor. And we want to get them like a little net eventually like you have sage. So, we're just trying to like find creative ways to deal with having animals and having them contribute to the homestead in different ways than just having them for food. Um, In the future, our layers that are older, we want to tractor them and use them to improve our soil, follow our goats, that type of thing. Or we'll sell them if we're not like super attached to them, which they all have names. We're pretty attached to them. They're pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll just, I don't know. We're just kind of figuring out as we go.
0: An additional question on, you know, in that same vein, how do you see that working for you if you're doing, for example, goats for dairy, you obviously have to breed them. And so most people would either sell the kids knowing that they'll be used for meat or harvest them for meat on their own place. Do you guys have a different approach to that because of the vegetarianism? We haven't
1: really discussed it a ton yet because we haven't even really discussed how many we want to start with. We've kind of talked about it a little bit, but not a ton. So we want to start with like two or three goats. And until we get to that max capacity of like five or six, I think we might just keep them around depending on what they are. But I do think we would probably sell them, is what my understanding would be. But again, that's not something that I think I would decide. I think I'm going to let Taylor decide that because I want him to be comfortable with his, the decision and I'm really okay with whatever the decision is. Um, it is a tough, tough question though. It's it's interesting to like have to think about. I know most people don't have to think about that. So I don't have an answer. Um, When we get to that point, hopefully we'll still be doing the podcast and I'll be able to tell you.
0: <laughs> Homesteading can kind of be a collage of <laughs> different people sometimes clashing uh clashing methodologies in the approach to managing the land what are some of your philosophies around homesteading managing the land taking care of it and anything just in general in the homesteading sphere
1: as far as the garden goes i know i kind of already mentioned the no-till stuff we do try to we do want to try to like do it without any fertilizers pesticides that kind of stuff we want to do organic gardening like that's kind of a I'm not gonna garden I'm not doing the miracle grow candy gardening (laughs) that's not something that's in my future um I just I've seen good results without it and I don't feel like I need it and I just think it's cool to do it with just things from nature so my goal is to be able to do like a permaculture style of garden or no till gardening with as many inputs from our own property as possible because i know a lot of no till no dig style of gardens you need a lot of input because you need to be constantly adding materials to your garden to like build the soil and that's buying those things it's just it gets really expensive really fast so we want to be doing hay from our neighbors down the road they have organic hay um that we can buy the goal is to get that from them give it to our chickens as their bedding then have them turn that into compost and be using that compost from like the hay and the kitchen scraps and all that kind of stuff that we give them and using that in the garden as mulch and uh just you know, fertilizer in general. That's not a process we've started yet, so like I don't know how well that's going to work for us. Hopefully, we'll be able to figure out a good system with that. Um we have really really hard clay soil, like I said. We're trying we're going to try to incorporate like native grasses and we've actually Taylor just started researching that kind of stuff to try and get some deeper roots in our soil because we have a lot of Dewberries, which the wild blackberries, we have a lot of Bradford pears, and by a lot I mean like hundreds. Um, on what used to be our pasture, we have broom grass and multiflora rose. That's like pretty much what makes up our property besides the kudzu area. And we want to try and like make it so that water stays on our property. A lot of what we put into practice is going to be to retain water. Because right now, our property is designed to move water off of the property and or through the property, I should say, because it all comes from the road, it goes right over everything, rushes down and into our forest, and so we want to build a pond situation at the bottom of our orchard, which is like the low point of our property before the woods, and try and keep some of that water on the property. We want to plant. Native things that have deep roots, not like comfrey. Comfrey doesn't really have deep roots compared to like native grasses and stuff. So native grasses are what our plan is. And yeah, just trying to do things without having to spray stuff. And I don't know, mostly just using things from the property. We have so much rotten wood and materials here that I know we can use I just we need to get into the system of actually being able to like put those things into practice so
0: streamlining that
1: at some point (laughs) hopefully we'll be able to start working on those
0: if you could give one piece of advice to a new homesteader what would you tell them this is probably
1: reckless advice (laughs) but I don't care (laughs) so everybody Always says to take things slow and to not plant too many things at once. My advice is to plant whatever the heck you want to plant and as much of it as you want to plant and just enjoy it. Like, enjoy making mistakes and learning and don't be focused on the outcome as much as like the process because once you get into the habit of the process, you'll learn every year from then on. Um, I planted a ridiculous reckless amount of things last year and half of them didn't grow. And I don't care. I'm going to do it again this year because maybe the other half will grow this year. So that's my advice is just do whatever you want and don't listen to other people (laughs) when they tell you, tell you to limit yourself because this lifestyle is about exploring like who you are and what you enjoy doing and thriving. And to me, like, planting an excess amount of things like flowers for you sage (laughs) it's fun and it doesn't hurt anybody to grow that that much stuff or to try
0: i might get to like the beginning of june and be like what have i done but (laughs) But, you know details (laughs) honestly though like i feel like that's a successful garden
1: regardless like
0: on the brink what? of absolute overwhelm and
1: destruction. <laughs> but the opposite of that is being upset that you didn't plant more. And I'd always rather be like, dang, I have way too much to do. <laughs> like, way too much to deal with. I have to drop one of these things. Then, man, I'm bummed that I didn't plant more things.
0: Where are all the places that we can find you on social media? And what are all the ways that we can support you?
1: We are at calico cow acres on instagram we are calico cow acres on youtube we have a website which is CalicoCowAcres.com. <laughs> and then i also just started a new instagram account that's growing a gardener and it's growing.a.gardener um that's going to be like informational me teaching how i do my style of gardening like i said i don't really have a name for it other than my style of gardening (laughs) so um i think that's all the places you can find me and then ways to support us listen to this podcast (laughs) watch our youtube videos um send us an email from our website we have a buy me a coffee that you can find in our YouTube videos. We have super thanks on for our YouTube videos. But honestly, I really like people commenting on our videos is the biggest support to me and watching the videos that literally pays some of my bills right now. So watch our videos. That's the best way to support us. And it costs you nothing. So,
0: Well, I feel like I got to know you better, even though I kind of already know you. And I enjoyed <laughs> that process. Yeah, I hope I hope
1: you guys learned some more about me, and I'm excited to do this again in a couple of weeks. You guys are going to get to learn more about Sage. We're going to do another spotlight episode, but it's going to be about her next time. Next week, we're going to be talking all about seeds and seed companies, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for joining us on this episode of She Said Homestead. We hope you enjoyed our chat. Before we say goodbye, we'd love to hear from you. Send your homesteading stories to us at she said at gmail.com. We can't wait to share them on the air. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram for updates and sneak peeks at what's coming up next.
0: If you like video podcasts, make sure you subscribe to the She Said Homestead YouTube channel too. We can't thank you enough for being part of the She Said Homestead community. Until next time, happy homesteading.